Hello everyone, you're listening to Future Things Radio, the podcast series that brings you awesome ideas about the future. I'm here with Professor Ravi Ranjan, Professor of Finance and Business Analytics of the Africa Business School in Rabat. So, Professor Ravi, so you're a professor in finance in the Africa Business School and for a good part of your life, you have been deep diving in the, in the world of business and analytics. But at the same time, you're also interested in human evolution. What, what shapes your outlook and passion? And is there a connection between the two? Uh, thanks, Fazil, for inviting me. Uh, thanks, Fazil, for inviting me. Uh, it's indeed uh, a, a, a pleasure to you know, talk for Future Things uh, Radio. Uh, to answer your question, you know, uh, uh, I'll go a bit of a bit into the history uh, when I was, you know, uh, still going into or with into college with all all the energy, trying to see what's happening for us or what's happening in the world. And um, so uh, I was interested a lot in physics, the physics, the phenomena which's happening and what's happening in the universe. So okay. that, that that's how I started with, and then uh, intrinsically I realized that. It, all of these things, all of these explorations cannot be done without mathematics. Okay. Okay. So uh, instead of doing physics, I started doing mathematics. Okay. At the same time, uh, I uh, had an observation in the college. So uh, I was in India and I was in a college, which is like one of the leading research institutes in India. Okay. And my observation was everybody is running after courses, grades, and nobody, none of the students are really happy. Rather, they should be happy because they, they are uh, like top selected candidates among um, in, in the country. Mm. So my question was, uh, of course, there are academics and all, but there is life. Right? So, and if you're not enjoying life, then what is it you're doing? Okay. So uh, this led to, uh, you know, led me to explore uh, what's happening. Because this question was uh, troubling me for some time. So what's mm. happening? And then I picked up, picked up this book called Happiness Advantage by Sean Acker. Sean Acker, okay. And I started uh, reading it. And he explained the very same phenomena in Harvard. He mm-hmm. had this uh, group of students who were like, they were at top college and they were, they were not, not really happy. Okay. And so I found this link and I found this immediate connect on how, uh, what, what, what was the state of, you know, um, state of, I would say, human consciousness. Okay. So uh, then uh, at the same time, while I was reading uh, all of this, I was delving in more into psychology uh, while also doing maths. Okay. Um, uh, then I bumped into a course called uh, Genetics and Evolution. Ah, okay. And there, you know, uh, I came to know about the chemical basis and the fundamental basis of human life, the pure, pure, pure science part. Right. And uh, suddenly I saw all these things are coming together. Okay, so it's, uh, so your 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 finding out about uh, genetics, you know, is purely coincidental. Coincidental. It doesn't. Uh, I I would say yes. Okay. Uh, the, the, my decision to study physics was my own, but I, I the things happening after that is is mm. much more of a coincidence. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, and and you see that uh, suddenly all these just merge into something coherent, as you said. Yeah, th- that's right. And then uh, the way I looked at, uh, you know, uh, looked at nature, uh, understanding of nature, and mm-hmm. the way I understand human behavior since then is is different from, uh, say, uh, what people normally think. Okay. So what I share with people something called, you know, uh, Wuza Day. 
Ah, I coined this term. I, this, yeah. term I, this term is there. So we have. It's on your WhatsApp. Program. Yeah. So uh, we have deja vu when you when you see when you find something very familiar yeah. and uh, uh, vu day is something that you uh, always try to find an alternate reality. Okay. So when you see things, but then uh, there's others. Uh, there's a different way, diff- completely different way of looking at it. Okay. Right. And uh, this will suddenly uh, suddenly ch- ch- change your perspective. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, all, all things coming together, I started looking looking at human lives, and well, while all all the things were going on, uh, I stumbled upon among all the mathematics courses mm-hmm. I was doing, I stumbled upon probability, and then I realized that the world is in, entirely uncertain. For mm-hmm. example, we as a human coming into existence has the probability of ten to the power minus six, even even less. We're just purely by chance we are here. Okay. Right. So uh, knowing all this, and if 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 someone understands this, then the way the outlook for the life will change. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So this th- this is where the starting point of where um, you know uh, understanding human behavior mm-hmm. and then understanding what what's happening in real world. You know, I, I started linking them. Okay. Okay. So, um, so what what is the, what is the epiphany here, in terms of uh, your uh, understanding of how uh, finance can be, uh, you know, your field of finance and mathematics can be used in understanding uh, human evolution beyond, as you said, probability. Um, you know, in terms of the the incidence of creation is. Is uh, is a minute uh, probability of us uh, becoming into being. So what what does it say about uh, the future, for example? So you know, uh, finance actually comes much later. Okay. So when we uh, when we are when we come here, we have our basic basic uh, I will say survival needs. Mm-hmm. This is what you know Maslow and other other people what have they have been describing mm-hmm. their their Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? So. Uh, the, the the finance comes you know when we are you know uh, trying to find out a way to like uh, satiate our base, basic needs right okay so this is where we started looking for resources right so um, uh, initially think about like people 2000 5000 years back they didn't know they didn't have any idea of finance mm. they were leading a comfortable life maybe a happier life happier life Right. Then where did this uh, all finance come in? You know, because uh, there was a run for resources. People started collecting resources. Mm. And they start hoarding things. Huh? Yeah. People started. And also they need to also be recording things. I guess that's also the basis of finance, isn't it? Because you, you, you need to record a larger number of things. So I guess your human mind can only, um, you know, take certain number of uh, um, records. But I guess through finance... You know the, the the technology of finance or the, the revolution. But, but in you know, record would be just I would say bookkeeping. It's just just you know making a database of what what just happened. Yeah, yeah. But true. the but but the idea of uh, finance, you know, when people started uh, uh, getting collecting resources, right? So then uh, the the system of exchange came. So uh, mm-hmm. there was no money concept at such. True, true. Right. It's all so people, people yeah, started exchanging resources. So I say, I, I, I grow wheat and you grow uh, maybe sugarcane. Mm. We can exchange yeah. something. And th- this is how as a, as a human race, as human society, we started evolving. Mm. And this did not happen 
in any any of the uh, any of other creations mm. because they were not collectively conscious they didn't they, they didn't have a collective community sense so so other creations did not pass this information to next generation right. but humans could right right and uh, this this is why you know um uh, they were able to you know uh, build uh, several layers on, on, of uh, trying to solve the problem. So when it was just pure, uh, say, resources or as, assets exchange, this was not really feasible. There, there was a need to proper quantification. Okay. Right. The moment we went into proper quantification, we needed a standard. Right, right? Right, right. So standard became some sort of coins. It could be a metal coin. It could be gold coins, uh, or or some something like this. Something like this. So this is where the entry of you know. The, what we call now finance yeah. this is where uh, the, the whole both concepts of economics and finance they they, they started they started emer- emerging so standardization and the birth of currencies basically yeah. is all comes out from that same uh, concept right that we need to uh, standardize for example the value of x and y and um, it, it just makes it easy and to do so we need a medium uh, a medium of exchange right mm. rather than just uh, you know, exchanging wheat and Bali, you know, yeah. <laughs> not everyone wants Bali at yeah. the end of the day, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. That's, that's, uh, that's very interesting. So, so we are now in the, I guess we are now in the thick of the system. We're in the thick of the system where, uh, I guess we are, uh, we have, we have, we've gone to, to such, a, uh, an advanced stage of this, this basic concept that you said about, um, medium exchange. And now we have derivatives. Uh, it's, it's no more just cash. It's, it's, it's more than that. You know, we're talking about futures, uh, derivatives, and all these um, other financial tools. Is this? Is do you think the bubble will burst? Or <laughs> I mean, so, I don't know because this is, uh, this know, is more, very interesting. More than the more than the bubble, I would say we still need to get to the basics. So, for example, uh, as I told you, we, we have a collective consciousness. We are able to exchange information across the world. Yeah, you know, this is this is one thing that separates from other creations, True. right? So you would see all countries at the different currencies, mm. right? So all of them were able to standardize. Yeah. Right. And make their own way of this the, 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 uh, exchange. Yeah. Right. But don't you think that, you know, we can go a simple, even a slightly better level where we have a completely for the entire world, a synchronized system for managing uh, finance, managing these transactions. We still don't have. Now we see so a, buzz a, about, a buzz, buzz about cryptocurrency, but uh, we're still not sure if that is a solution. Hmm. I mean, I guess it's a step in the right direction. But if you're saying that we should, you know, break away all these national barriers because it is, you know, uh, I guess this is what um, stops us from unifying into one big lump of universal standard. But do you think it's possible with all the countries really becoming more nationalist and becoming more, you know, asserting sovereignty of their currencies and everything? So my answer to this is, you know, uh, we should not talk about the possibility. In fact, this is a need. Okay. Need because uh, we have uh, a concept called comparative advantage. Okay. So uh, th- think about a country which has very limited resources or our resources are very specific to that country. Some other country has some other resources, mm-hmm. right? Now they must exchange between themselves. Otherwise, they're not efficient. Got For it. example, if you are just um, growing wheat and some other country is just growing clothes, right? They must exchange. So there has to be a global, uh, global, strong global connection, 
right okay and uh, some countries more efficient some countries less efficient so mm. it's better you know they come to a collaborative mindset okay so we collab, collab uh, we come together and try to solve uh, our problem okay right that is a better way forward than you know because the entire global resource is limited okay and in the, if we all of us want human race to survive okay yeah but this is what we are doing now anyway this uh this whole thing about specialization um you know um having comparative advantage and that's why people that's why countries trade with each other so i think that's uh as a given in in the world today but how do we move from there in the sense that um yeah i guess we talk about the you, you know universe universalizing the standards uh how would this change how would the, this whole trading change with, so with the this? question is are we really doing it we see we are doing it but are we really doing it is there a sense of common understanding amongst the leaders of today mm. that we are really doing it mm. so there uh, if we try if all of them are conscious, uh, like conscious and they come to a consensus mm. where uh, they agree okay so the entire global problem is to be solved and we are cooperating and, and then we are doing it but if this is not happening again a sense of inequality in future will prevail it is happening now right it's happening it's <laughs> happening now and this will again be aligned to what uh, darwin said like ultimately survival of the fittest so mm. the country who will who are acquiring more resources are not saving resources mm. acquiring more resources um uh, they they will have edge they will have an edge in the evolution mm. but i i give you a, a very a simple example to understand this mm. think about uh, think about um, a gated society an apartment complex right okay. maybe there are uh, 100 families staying there right now each family can uh, decide to buy their own car okay right now do we think that the the entire set of family needs 100 cars No. the answer would be no if we try to optimize on the needs try to use some uh, optimization data models and see maybe you know 25 cars is sufficient to cater all the needs of the family mm-hmm. all the families mm-hmm. right no, there there won't be more than 25 cars demand in a given point in time right so this means now just think about it in terms of consumer spending now i'm linking to finance in terms of consumer spending what is easier buying 25 cars for 100 families or buying one car for one family Mm. So buying twenty-five cars is much more easier solution, and every family can just contribute to that. Now the question, your automatic question would be, you know, what happens if somebody tries to leave leave the place, right? Mm. There is a shared ownership agreement, but whoever comes, that person takes the agreement. Okay. Right, and they have to pay pay uh, whatever transaction fees to enter into the agreement, and they have access to car all the time. Right. right. Right, and this can be in the in the current world in the advent of technology that we have. This is very easily manageable. Okay. Right. So this means we have to get rid of this idea of ownership to come to an idea of collaborative ownership. Oof, that's a big jump. Right, and you know it's a great idea, but it's a big jump. I know mean, this is happening. You see Uber and Airbnb. Right. They have to. So Airbnb doesn't own any own of the any homes. Yeah. Uber does not own any of the cars. and they are billion dollar companies exactly <laughs> so they understood this idea maybe a decade back mm. and they are exactly trying to and people are very comfortable with this i have been using it every for 6 years and it works perfectly fine yeah same here right? we go together in one place yeah so uh, <laughs> so that's how we so, so we need to uh, you know um, understand how personal spending can be channelized and increase in try to increase the trust mm. in the system okay okay as I mean that's I mean that would be a great thing uh in terms of um you know um 
um, you know, reducing wastage of resources because obviously when you have collab when you have collaboration as a model, you know, you 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 you, you minimize the wastage that you need and also ownership as you said. So in that case, um, do you think what we have now is sustainable? And what do you think are the role of financial institutions? You know, with the coming of um, you know this fintech and decentralized platform, cryptocurrencies, how do you think this will impact on the existing system that we have today of the so, banks and financial? So there are there are two levels of understanding. One one is uh, purely the advancement in technology and finance, mm -hmm. and the second is the pure sustainability of human life. So we need to understand both the layers very clearly. Mm. Now, as far as the technological advancement are concerned, we are we are going uh, quite fast. I would say we're ac ac accelerating. We have now very advanced mode of transactions, uh, very uh, uh, like uh, advanced models for hedging risk in, in different scenarios, right? But again, uh, all of this should should not impact the way we live, mm -hmm. right? Uh, think about the current situation we had like uh, now it's getting better mm -hmm. uh, the, the pandemic situation yeah in this situation what happened to our personal spending it's, it's dramatically reduced yeah true. right we all resorted to uh, very basic needs true. so how is that technological advancement or anything is going to help help that people will just have some savings and try to manage mm -hmm. right so we need to also see uh, all these advancements that we are having. How is this really contributing to human life? Right. Is it really changing human life? If it is not, then we, we need to think about alternate models. So you're saying that, uh, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you saying that these uh, fintech, finance technologies and stuff, it might not be as important as, as we think it is? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not exactly saying that. I'm okay. saying if they are serving the purpose of solving actual human problems, mm -hmm. then it's great. Okay. If not, then it's, it, it, it does not, uh, it's not relevant for us. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, if uh, all these developments is uh, leading to, you know, increase in inequality. Right. Right. So we know uh, in the world, in, in, in a social network world, you know, wealthy people uh, attract more wealth. Yeah. Right? Poor people get more, more poorer. And that's how inequality, inequality comes in, right? right? If the same is happening, right, then, uh, then there's no use of this. There's no, no, no use of this. Mm -hmm. So we have to create an inclusive world. Yeah. We should develop uh, our uh, uh, technologies, our new methods, mm -hmm. better ways of doing finance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but um, by including, including everybody. Yeah. But do you think like technologies such as the blockchain, that would be helping in equalizing the playing field. Would, would you think so? If implemented correctly, I can give you an example. Okay. Think about a government policy. I can talk about emerging economies, uh, especially economies where, say, I would say corruption index is high. Okay. Right. So government would have their government spending, which is supposed to help the uh, lower section of society. Mm -hmm. Let's say specific mm -hmm. government programs, and the budget is allocated, and uh, in 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 a real scenario. Uh, whatever budget is allocated, say only a small percent of budget actually reaches the, to the people. Right. And it, it just, you know, trickles down or uh, get lost in between. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, if a technology like blockchain is brought in here and the tractability is increased substantially, so you can track exactly 
you know there cannot be a leakage in the system financial right. leakage in the system right, right. right? everything is transparent everything is transparent yeah. then uh, the impact of those fiscal policies will be uh, highly relevant mm. right so definitely blockchain if you ask me it has a use it has a very uh, high highly use it is going to solve uh, even the the problem of collective collaborative ownership i told yeah, because, you, that's true. because that requires use uh, uh, trust in the system yeah and the trust requires tra transparency and traceability uh, uh, and traceability and which will uh, mm. which will be solved by the blockchain so uh, if you ask me yeah the technologies will be relevant for yes which surely yes but then it has to be implemented correctly that's true so we got to pick and choose and we got to do it well right basically that's the message uh for the <laughs> leaders of today yes we have to be you know uh uh much more human centric i would say mm. oh that's that's wishful thinking i hope i hope that can become a reality <laughs> to be more human centric oh, i don't know in in the world today don't you think uh we're moving away from that <laughs> see inherently you know uh, uh, pure pure economics every 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 individual has his own utility function yeah right and every time he is he or she is trying to maximize mm -hmm. maximize that but then uh, so so then you know um, if we are just individual on earth just one person or there doesn't make sense mm. without community our individual identity we don't have an identity Right, right, right. So, uh, as a human race, we should not forget that. That's true. That's right. So, the, but the moment we uh, take this into consideration, then thinking just about maximizing your your utility, mm -hmm. maximizing a social utility or or a collective utility makes more sense. True. That's true. Let's hope we can uh, usher in um, that kind of consciousness more and more in our in our leaders, our policy making. And in our communities, because I think uh, this is what is needed in the world today. And I think yeah. COVID nineteen, if I have, if I can say, the pandemic has shown us, um, in a way, uh, you know, sort of like a reset. You know, we've been going too fast by ourselves. Um, you know, it's it's time to look at humanity a bit more. I think that's what I would say. That was what COVID nineteen would uh, the pandemic would uh, would be teaching us. What do you think about that? Uh, I think uh, as a human race, we need more preparedness. Mm -hmm. because pandemic is one such events uh, another bigger bigger event in very near future could be another pandemic and could be a climate change a big climate change yeah, they even saying that uh, in the next 5 years or something there will be yeah. something big happening this is a bit scary right. so if we're not prepared now so right now uh, think about it this is this is again my personal thinking yeah. we are heavily dependent on internet yeah and exactly. if there's an internet disruption oh my god it. remember right. we had this whatsapp uh, issue yeah a few days uh, right. a few weeks if ago they, so we are uh, heavily dependent on internet which yeah. is again just being controlled by few entities in the world yeah. so if anything goes wrong uh, we will again get back to <laughs> basics exactly right so as, a, as again as a human race especially from leaders because not everybody can see see a bigger picture right so from leaders perspective we need to be uh, much more prepared for example uh, it's not like that people didn't know pandemic can happen mm. people did know that you know pandemic has happened and it can right. really happen at a big scale right right now uh, they did not prepare for it they could have easily prepared for it yeah that's true so that's the one is the one is preparedness and the second is you know uh, i would say calculated response mm -hmm. So you know it's not uh, herd response by herd behavior. Like somebody is doing this, I should also do this, right? Because because each case is, for example, in, in during pandemic, each country has its own in, own problems, right? Right, and because of the uh, very you know idiosyncratic nature of the problems, 
they had to be their own sort of different unique solutions had to be defined. But what happened was, you know, all countries have same policies, mm-hmm. right? Now this uh, impacts human life a lot, mm. right? So both preparedness and calculated response. So you're prepared. So you're used for C. There's a problem coming in. You're very, very equipped for that. Now the problem came in. Now, when you are, when you are in that situation, you should not be, you know, uh, abruptly taking decisions. So okay. You properly calculate. So by doing this, first by preparing, you minimize the risk, and by by um, uh, cal- calculated response, you minimize the damage. Right. Okay. So if both are damaged, then you are normally okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All is well. <laughs> okay. I guess one last question. I want to. Uh, I want to. Um, you know pick your brains on is, uh, I mean, I guess this is quite obvious. What do you think is the future prediction for the next five years with respect to the financial world and how do you think it will impact on human life? I mean, what do you think this world is going? I mean, so uh, as I, uh, as we discussed about technology disruptions and human centric approach, you know, from purely from human life's perspective, mm-hmm. uh, we should be multi-skilled and we should be adaptive learners. Right. So multi-skilled means we should not rely ourselves on, you know, at the end of the day, we all of us want to survive. Right. Right. In any, any uh, uh, hard crisis or anything. Right. So if we are multi-skilled, this means uh, we can do another thing. We will quickly change. Right. Right. Uh, or we have more possibility to find, uh, you know, uh, to make ourselves economically viable. The second is, you know, adaptive learners. What I say is you should be quickly willing to unlearn what you already knew. Mm-hmm and uh, relearn the new things for example you know even during this pandemic people lost jobs mm-hmm. but then there were new jobs created there were hundreds of thousands of nurses that needed to be solved there were th- 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 people uh, who needed to be make vaccines you know yeah so it, the money is not it's just a shifting right okay. so you should be able to identify the new problems and quickly uh, you should be able to adapt it quickly okay on the point of so basically we have to be nimble as uh, as uh, in a way leaders in the future would have to be more agile and more nimble in terms of policy making right and in terms of community i guess uh, in terms of the labor force also upskilling reskilling yeah. because i think a lot of things will a lot of industries that we are so used to before will probably yeah. be not in existence anymore yeah. isn't it so leaders should embrace empathy empty gap Right. Well, you know, they should not just think from their perspective, rather always think from uh, uh, the um, the consumer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Who they, who they, who is the client uh, end user? Okay. Right. So I think that will solve uh, a lot, a lot of, of problems. problems. A lot of problems. Okay. Okay. Great. Oh, that's been a great conversation, uh, Professor Ravi. Um, I think um, I think there's a lot we can uh, take home from uh, this conversation, and um, yeah, um, I hope. Um, I hope the audience will be taking a lot of uh, takeaways, good takeaways uh, that they can implement in their different domains. <laughs> sure. Anyway, so uh, thank you so much, Professor Ravi, and um, um, have a good day. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for thank you. Have a, have a great day. Thank you. Yeah.